The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. Fact. <laughs> That's how you're going to start the show. That's Mike from Bradley Brew Project. Last Monday, I sat down with him, Pete from Jug Handle, and Kevin from Dark City for a Central New Jersey Brewery Roundtable. Welcome to Over Beers, a craft beer conversation podcast. My name is Freddie Clark. After the show back in September on the ABC Rule Changes, when we had three breweries on together on the show, I wanted to do another one where we had the breweries, but spoke about the beer, not the state rules. So I asked each brewery to bring two beers so we could sit down and discuss what went into the beer they made, why they brewed it, and how they felt about it. Plus, get their opinions on the other ones. I think you'll find it was a real interesting conversation, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Before we get to the roundtable conversation, let's talk about one of the styles that came up in the show, Goes. Goes is a top fermented beer that originated in Gosler, Germany, sometime in the 13th century. The grain bill is usually about 50% malted wheat. The flavor is usually dominated by lemon sourness and a strong saltiness, which can be due to local water sources or the addition of salt. Its characteristic sourness is acquired by the use of the bacteria Lactobacillus. It usually has a moderate alcohol content, around 4 to 5% ABV. Now let's get to our Central New Jersey Roundtable conversation with Kevin from Dark City, Mike from Bradley Brew Project, and Pete from Jug Handle as we sat down over beers. Yeah. Yes. No such How thing. anybody no. pour too many beers? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my name is Mike Zolkowski. I go by Mike Z. Um, I am the co-owner along with my wife of Bradley Brew Project in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Uh, we've been open since June 2nd, officially, so we are a very, very young and new brewery. Um, had the pleasure of being on your show before, so thanks for having us. We were in your living room. Yes. Uh, the, the brewery before the brewery. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, and uh, Pete invited me to this to Jug Handle um, when we were first starting up, so um, I know Pete from that, and Kevin and I know each other through some common friends, and then obviously through the brewing circles too. So I'm excited to be here with them as well. Good, cool. Uh, so, so the beer that we're trying right now is called Chasing Kiwis. It's a five and a half percent, what we call a New Zealand Pilsner. So very simple uh, Pilsner Munich base, and then a, a crap load of New England Southern. I'm sorry, New Zealand, not New England. New Zealand's <laughs> uh, Southern Hemisphere hops. So Waimea, uh, Wakatu, Rakau bunch of other ones that I'm probably forgetting right now. Um, so there's two, two reasons why I bought this beer. Uh, the first, it's kind of a cool, unique, you, you know, different style. Um, I don't think a lot of, I, I think we named the style. I don't think there is such a thing as a New Zealand Pilsner. Maybe there are now. Um, but, but it's, you know, different, unique. It's got these sort of like honeydew melon, fruity loops, almost like flavors, still pretty simple Pilsner base. Um, so that was one of the first <coughs> reasons why I bought it. But the, but the second reason is uh, we actually brewed it for an event. So uh, last week we went uh, up to um, somewhere outside of Morristown. I drilled way longer than I wanted to. <laughs> I had no idea where I was. Uh, it was It's an event called For the Love of Craft, and it's actually five different breweries. Um, us, Two-Ton, Bricks, um, Melvino, and Elementary uh, partnered up with five different homebrew clubs. And so... Oh, nice. 
it's some, sort of like a pro-am. So mm -hmm. homebrew club comes to a brewery, brews with the brewery, uh, comes up with the beer together. You know, then all their guys come, guys come and, and brew the beer together. Uh, we brewed it with the Garden State Homebrewers, uh, which is a homebrew club that one of our brewers actually started. His name was Matt Phelan. So Matt, Matt, along with a bunch of other folks, started this brewery. And so naturally, Matt came to Chelsea and I said, hey, we, we, we want to do this event and we want to do this kind of beer and this is what we want to do. And so we uh, got together with those guys and brewed a beer. So they brought the idea? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So they brought, so they kind of brainstormed the beer that they wanted to do. Then Chelsea and I had some input on sort of what we wanted it to look like, just so it still kind of appeals and matches our vision and what our brewery does. All of our beer names are things that we talked about this, that that my twin girls have said. This one they did not. So Chasing Kiwis was something that the that the homebrew club came up with. And then we kind of said, yeah, we really like that name. Let's, let's go with it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story behind the beer. Again, you know, it was, it, again, what really appealed to us, it was a style that we haven't really tried ourselves. And, 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 you know, we, obviously we brew our share of IPAs and all the other beers, but we also really like our Pilsners. And so it was something that we wanted to do. It's got that cleanness of a Pilsner, but it's very, the flavor is very complex. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's surprising as it, as you drink it. Yeah. And guys, feel free Jump in, comment. Oh, okay. you know, you're going to regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking the exact same thing you were. Like, this is a, this is the style that the brewers want to drink because yeah. we're, we're making IPAs all day. Mm -hmm. And we just, at the end of the day, like, I would like to enjoy a beer that doesn't kill my palate. And this is like, oh, come on. This is a really good representation <laughs> of that. Right. As we go into peace, New England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also excited for that one, and but, to but chime I, in again. But but I, I do, you know. Look, it seems like everybody chases the the ABVs, but you know, like I don't know about you guys, but on Thanksgiving, I mean, if I drank nine and above all day, it would have been a re really rough table. A short day. Yeah, short a short day, and there probably would have been some political discussion going oh, on. God. There's definitely so. there's there's a lot of market for for a session. Mm -hmm. You're sitting like in the five, yeah, the fives. Um, there's a lot of sorry. There's a lot of room for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we traditionally, U.S. has been <clears throat> our beer has been three, four, five percent. It hasn't been, you know, Budweiser and you know all those loggers through the years. None of them were off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that interests me about just pilsners in general, you know, IPA is a is a very um, easily understood style by somebody that is either new to beer or has never been to beer. You know, most people know what IPA is when they hear it, especially with the way the movement's been going over the last couple of years. I think Pilsner's a close second behind that. When you say the word Pilsner, people almost know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you slap New Zealand in front of it and say that there's a whole bunch of hops in it, people get a little confused. But I do think that Pilsners are, yeah, I, I, I never make prediction, I never want to say what the next hit style is going to be, but there's something about it, in my opinion, not only from, to Kevin's point around, like, these are the beers that we want to drink, and hopefully at some point more people want to drink as well, but there's also something that is associated with, you know, the past of America and Pilsners being big beers here, so mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, and it, more and more breweries are doing them, yeah. you know. Definitely. I was surprised by how many pilsners we brewed since we started, and I don't even, I don't know if it was just because we got crazy or what, but I think this is like our seventh pilsner since we opened, which was kind of rare for us, which is not what we planned. They're, yeah. they're tough for us to do. Yeah, yeah very. Yeah. We don't have the tank time. You know, yeah. So, okay. same. Same it's thing. But hard. I do, I like this. I like them. They're really good. I'd love to brew more of them, but I can't, I can't tie up a tank for that yeah. long. Right. So. Now, would, would, if you expand, would there be a tank? Maybe. Could you see yourself doing that then? Maybe. 
It's a, it's a different model. Yeah. Three weeks, man. You got this. <laughs> it's, it's an extra week. I'm losing. Yeah. Right. Are and you losing it or are you gaining something? <laughs> and, but, but to your point, like this took probably, you know, obviously four weeks in fermentation, probably another two weeks conditioning, and then we sat on it for a month in keg. So, I mean, you're talking two and a half, three months through the whole cycle, right? Right. Which is, you know, even that, to Pete's point, is short for, for a lager slash pilsner. Mm-hmm. Know, so. The couple weeks in kegs you can handle pretty yeah. easily, but the, you know, the six weeks in tank, yeah. I, can, brutal. I can roll a beer almost, I can roll almost three batches through. Right through. In yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I mean, that's an important thing to think about. I mean, the, the money of the time is money. And, and, and it's, it's probably one of the key reasons why you don't see a lot of the, the smaller microbreweries making a lot of them. It's just, it's tough. Yeah. You know, I would love to make them. I love drinking them. But it's just... Can I get a little more of this? <clears throat> I really like yeah, that. It's more. like, um, we were talking about yeah. IPAs. And, no, it's a, it's a cool beer. And then we're talking about Pilsners, and this is kind of like oh. a hybrid awesome. of the two. Yeah. Right. It's got that hoppiness and that fruitiness, and then it's... Yeah, and, and all credit goes to the homebrew club that brought it to us. You know, we probably, you know, Chelsea and I probably would have not come up with this beer. Uh, it's definitely Matt and, and the guys that came up with it. I just think it really resonated with us because, you know, those stories and also because we wanted to try something different. Right. Well, it is amazing that you've done now seven Pilsners. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild since June. And... and look, and just to kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, you're 100% right, right? It, it ties up tank space. We are a tiny, tiny brewery, but we are a tiny, tiny brewery with a lot of different fermenters. And so we're able to tie up that fermenter. And we're also, those kegs aren't really going out to distro, right? Those kegs mm-hmm. are just tasting room kegs. So it's a, to, to your point, it's a totally different model. Yeah, we're able to do that. <clears throat> right. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Buy more tiny kegs. Tiny tanks. Yeah. (laughs) So much time. (laughs) But thanks for letting me share it. No, it's awesome. Great. It's really good. All right. Pete. This is Pete from Jug Handle Brewing Company. Uh, We're in Tinton Falls. Uh, We've been open for a little over two and a half years. Yeah, something like that. Two and a half years. I like how you're looking at Kevin. <laughs> I, have no I have no idea. idea. We are older old? than us. No, I think I think we're you're a little than older you. than me, okay. right? Yeah, we're turning three soon. Um, so this is we can this on Wednesday, um, a little less than a week ago. Uh, it's 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 one in a series of the New England IPAs that we do the Hopshorns. Uh, this one has Mosaic, Citra, and Idaho Seven hops in it. Um, it's actually the last the last of the series that we're going to do. Um, I'm done with, with churning on this beer. Wow. <laughs> um, How many have you done? I don't even know. You don't even know. Okay. No. Whenever I could find a cool hop, I would just make a new one. Okay. So, uh, but we kind of settled on the next one we're just doing. It'll just be Hopshorn. Uh, we're going to cheat. It's Galaxy and Ella. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So. Um, That's going to tank. Yeah, it'll be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, we're, I came up with a new beer that we're going to start churning on hops. So um, I don't have it yet. We're going to brew it tomorrow, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's just New England IPA. It's 7 change percent. Um, this one's kind of cool because it's all American hops. So um, it has a little bit of that like more citrusy mm-hmm. kind of flavor to it than, than some of the more New Zealand and Australian hops have. But that's that's pretty much it. A lot of oats. The it, first thing I noticed with this beer is just the nose is fantastic. It's a lot of dry hops. I think oh. we're we're probably at about maybe with the whirlpool we're at like five pounds per barrel yeah. on this. Um, 
But the combination, whatever, I mean, is it just Idaho Mosaic and Citra? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming some combination of that and Whirlpool and Dry Hop. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's an even split the whole way through. No, you know what? I take that back. We didn't put Idaho in the Whirlpool. Um, but we Whirlpool these at 180. So we break, we knock it down sure. after the boil. Um, yeah, quick fermentation with London 3. Um, pretty warm. But... That's it. It's, uh, so, what makes what made you decide when, what to put in the whirlpool? Like, why was Idaho not in the whirlpool? You know what? Like, I, just from experience, <clears throat> Idaho can drag out some really kind of dark, kind of like earthy tones, mm-hmm. and we've just found from experience that hops that can tend in that direction, it's better not to have them in the whirlpool. Yeah. Um, they just if you just leave them in the dry hopping, and especially in the second round of dry hopping and not even the first, so it gets even less beer time, it'll pull out more of the high notes of the beer and less of those, those deeper, darker tones. Okay. Uh, it really depends what you're, looking, what you're looking to drag out of the beer. Because, okay. you know, there are some hops that we're like, you know, some beers that we want to drag that, that really dark, kind of earthy tone out, and you'll leave it in the beer a little bit longer, you'll dry up it with a little bit longer, um, or whirlpool with it. But a lot of times we'll look, we'll take the hops and we'll, We'll put in the hops in the whirlpool, the ones we know are pretty bright. Mm-hmm. Um, Citra is, is always a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mosaic, you know, yeah. you, I mean, Can't it, go wrong with that it can run oniony <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, uh, Did you guys do any active drive hopping with this one? I hate doing it. Yeah. Oh, I try, you know what? The, my problem with it is you can't harvest. Yeah. So, it... You know, it, it really messes things up. Yep. Uh, I was actually we were thinking about doing it on this next this next thing because we we're uh, I was reading um, I think it was Sierra Nevada just did a whole podcast on all different beers they're making with Cascade, and one of the ones they actually instead of doing dry hopping during active fermentation they actually ran on to the hops when they knocked out, so they were there the whole time, and. Uh, so I'm gonna. We might give that a shot. And see what happens. Wow. But uh, it, you know, it's once again, it sucks because you can't harvest the yeast, yeah. and you got to find another canner to get your yeast back out again. So. Um, so for your viewers that don't know what active dry hopping is, <clears throat> I'm gonna assume that some might not. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. It would be you know it would be the addition of, of hops during the you know first usually 24 to 48 hours of the fermentation cycle. <clears throat> so at Pete's point, that's when acti- that's when fermentation activity is highest, and so. All those hops start blending with yeast, and it starts to something called biotransformation. So it starts to react a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but it starts to blend in with the yeast. So as soon as you start crashing that tank and start trying to get the yeast out, everything just becomes hoppy yeast sludge, and okay. so virtually unusable. All right, um, gotcha. Yeah. It's. Do you yeah. guys do any of that? Bio. Yeah. 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 We uh. Do we you do. Harvest after. Uh, no. Yeah, because then you have to wash it. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we don't. Can. We don't have that capability yeah. to wash yeast or the time to do that. But I don't, I don't think. I mean, we drive you guys pretty hard. I'm surprised you said you didn't. You don't, because that's why I asked. Exactly. No, it's uh, it's just you know what we actually do is we so we, it's double dry hopped, and we you do. Forgot to put three very important letters on your label. DDH. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, DDH. Two bucks more. We actually do... <laughs> the fridge would be empty right now. We, <laughs> Damn it. Sales lost. We, uh, when we dry hop, we do about 
25% on the first shot and then the last 75% of the dry hop. What do you guys on do the that? second shot? Okay. Hmm? What do you guys do that? You know what? It, it's funny. It was a screw up the first time we did it. What actually happened like is <laughs> what we uh, we forgot that we did a half batch. Well, we forgot we did a double batch in the fermenter and dry hop the first round like it was a half batch. Yeah. And wow. we're like, ah, oh, we got to make up the difference. So we put it all in the second shot. And we're like, well, that's a lot better. So, um, yeah, the the second round doesn't see a lot of time on the beer. Um, it's really just a couple days and then the crash time. No, but it's very bright. So, um, it's guys, there. When you guys harvest after primary before the dry hop, will you crash the tank at all or you just let it settle? I crash I crash to 60 yeah. um, and let it sit there for about a day and then we harvest out of that. With with the, um, excuse me, with the A18 that we used to run this beer, it, it flocks so well yeah. that um, 60 is plenty good for that. And then we'll let it free rise you know, turn off the jackets, let it rise up during a dry hop. Yep. Um, and then, I love BSI. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then bang it down to 35 uh, for a day or two. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that, that's the beer. This yeah. one so far is my favorite out of all the oh, yeah? top shorns I've had. I like the label the most. Yeah. The label's nice. It's the one you guys did before this. Um, Not Denali. The... Um, the one with summer, the, uh, um, it was the down under summer was the one right yeah. before this. Yeah. Blue uh, label, right? It was a blue label. Yeah, it had uh, um, Australian summer hops in it. Nice. Um, that was fine. This one I like more too. It's a little brighter. Yeah. Is a hopshorn, for those who don't know, including myself, is it always... Base citra mosaic and then a third no, layer. No, no, we, we change the tops up all the time. All three. So, of them. <clears throat> so the hop shorn series is what this hop schedule is the same, or the, the grain bill is the same. So the grain bill is the same, and the bittering hops are the same. Okay. Um, <clears throat> ever since we started canning, they, everything's been pretty much exactly the same, except for the three hops that that are the flavor and aroma and aroma hops. This is a nice combo. Yep. Yeah, it worked out well. Anything I, uh, after Citro Mosaic, you yeah. really yeah. Can't, you can't go wrong. wrong. You could do Citro Mosaic and East Kent Golding. <laughs> and if you put DDH in front of it, yeah. it will yeah. sell out in four oh, seconds. Citra's a good player. Um, I really like that earthy spice character beyond yeah. the juice. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I'm calling my brewers. Citro Mosaic, KG. <laughs> yeah. Try it. You never Citra, know, man. Um, Kevin didn't say it. Sim- Simcoe can do some cool stuff in a dry hop, too. I um, do like Simcoe. And uh, Amarillo's. I'm sure you guys have already done that one. We did. We did yeah. a Simcoe. Not um, in cans, but. No. Not in can. We, we didn't put Simcoe, Simcoe in, the, in the Whirlpool. Because I, I it has a tendency in my mouth to go a The caddy. Oniny. The caddy. So, yeah. Okay. But, excuse me. Yeah, so that, that's that beer. My name is uh, Kevin Sharp. And I am from Dark City Brewing Company in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And for beer number one today, I brought Side Piece. Our cranberry sauce inspired uh, go style kettle sour. So that's a it's a mouthful, but the go style is a is a style of beer brewed that's soured in the kettle, brewed with salt and coriander. So the base style is naturally tart, and then we added a whole bunch. I don't want to I don't want to curse and say a shit ton, but we added too, too a shit late. ton <laughs> too of, too late and twice. of cranberries into this beer. So for all of those viewers who cannot see it, 
Guys, this there beer are no is viewers. beautifully. <laughs> there are no all viewers. Of you, all of you, <laughs> sorry, all of you listeners who cannot see this. I'm wondering where we got the cameras that you're seeing. All of your ears that you can't see out of. It's got a nice balance. Are missing this beautiful pink elixir yeah. we're drinking yeah, right now. It's awesome. It's got a really nice balance too. It's not overly you, salty. You, you drink with your the, eyes first. You guys switch up the fruit, right, on this, or do you, is it always cranberry? We have only done one other fruit variation with this. Um, and that was in our earlier earlier days. We did this one for the fall, and then we did a spring one with cranberries and apricots. And it was a beautiful beer, but we didn't want to taint the side piece name. So if it ever comes back, it'll be called something completely different. Cranberry yeah. apricot. Yeah. So this beer comes out of me as the uh, founder of the company, uh, loving Thanksgiving and loving cranberry sauce out of the can. Okay. The ocean spray, ridged can, makes a weird noise when it comes out, slice it, and it looks into a disc, right. cranberry sauce. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the ridges. Yeah. Yep. The, yep. The, the vacuum sound and everything. That's, all of those things are some of my favorite things about the holiday. The cranberry sauce, the tartness, it's all it all just resonates with me from my childhood. I really enjoy cranberry sauce. So now that I'm old enough to drink and also own a place that makes beer. <laughs> Uh, I decided that we were going to do a seasonal beer that was inspired by cranberry sauce. We called it Side Piece because it's funny. Uh, side Dish was taken. Okay. So we didn't want to get any cease and desist letters or anything like that. Um, so Side Piece is what we've got here, and it is, it's, really, it's really nice. It's one of my favorite sours we do. We do a lot of sours. Uh, sour IPAs, uh, Berliner Weisses, um, you name it. We'll... we'll try to make it sour it's our thing well i'm glad you went with the cranberry rather than a turkey inspired oh turkey in the beer well it's not too late (laughs) for that (laughs) yeah but uh so this beer is the base goes uh, again is a is a very tart style and then we've done these styles similar uh with fruits that do not bring the same amount of tartness to the table Mm -hmm. so this one is it might be offensively tart to some people yeah. because it's a lot of tart fruit added to an already tart base. But I think that it actually, with the amount of salt that we add in the coriander, it gives this little like citrus like touch to it, and then the salt rounds it all out, and it almost it's very manageable. Yeah. And no, at four percent, it's not too tart. No, it's great. Yeah. I, it's got really well balanced. I like it a lot. I was worried. This is the most cranberry we've ever put in. So. How do you guys do the cranberry? We use uh, Oregon fruit products puree. Dump it right in the top uh, dry hop port, sometimes all over the front of the tank, too. Looks like a murder scene. Yeah, yeah. I think I showed you a trick. Oh, you cut a hole in the back of the bag and it shoots out really easy? Even cooler and easier. Because when you cut a hole in the back of the bag, you're not looking where the opening is and you spill it all over the front. (laughs) Does it require taking the bag out of the box? No. So we've tried everything. No. There's no cool way to There's do no it. No, cool no, way. I got a cool way to do it. Okay. It's apparently a state secret. Well, for all of you... I'm not going to talk about it here. It's not a state secret. It's just way too complicated to talk about. For all of you okay. listeners who are no <laughs> longer really viewers, <laughs> you're not going to be able to see it. Right, you won't know. Um, remind me, though. I will. Super, I'll tell both of you. It's super easy. It's cool. As soon as we're off the air. Mm-hmm. Um, this is nice. Yeah. Thank you. This is... Um, How much cranberry? Uh, we did a 30-barrel run mm-hmm. of this. And we used, I think, 10. I think 10 boxes. Nice. And what's a box? 
42 pounds. 40, yeah. yeah, 42 pounds. 42 wow. pounds of just concentrated yeah. 400, puree. puree. 420 pounds of puree. Yeah, it's a good amount. Nice. And, not, and then the key point to what you said is that it's like, if you look at it, it's like, it's like concentrated liquid juice. So yeah, it's I almost know. like baby food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, All right. It's a... Uh, so Actually, 420 pounds of puree is like, I don't even, I can't, it's like a ton of fruit. Fruit, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's amount. It's a little ton, literal ton, not like, oh, that's a lot. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. the, two, the two blue barrels back by the bathrooms were, were fruit, too. Yeah. Ooh, what so do you got? Um, 55 gallons. That's what it looks like when it comes out. All right, yeah, okay. That was boysenberry. You guys can't see For all of you listeners right. no. who, it looks, again, it looks cannot very, view this. It's not, it's not watery. It looks very no, thick it's a puree. and, and yeah. very uh, fruity. I mean, yeah. like chunks, like solid. They smell awesome, too. That company, that company I mean, I think they sold to everybody. Yeah, yeah they're great. Um, and it's so easy to order from them, too. Uh, like, believe it or not, when you're a brewery buy. owner and like, you're, like, you have to deal with ordering, it's funny how sometimes somebody that's just easy to order with from or easy to deal with just goes right up to the top you know but they make luckily it they make a good they make it too. super easy and then if yeah. they're ever sold out they sell some to cmg so yeah. you could just get that allotment shipped to you if you have a country mall account yeah we've had to do that with the blueberry the blue bishop beer we do yeah the cool the two things come to mind when i have this beer first the uh adding salt to a beer i think is so cool um we do a, a Mexican lager with salt, and it's like, I think salt adds like such a nice, as long as you don't dump, obviously, like, you know, yeah. a bucket full of salt into it, but it adds this nice, like, salinity to a beer that, mm -hmm. you, it's so subtle, but if you're really looking for it, it just blends with the flavor so well. And the other thing, I mean, the color is amazing, right? It, yeah. It does you listeners, like you see that? Juice, yeah. but it, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like this beautiful, like, I'm blowing smoke up your ass. It matches. Really like it. it matches the color yeah, when like, you pour a, almost like a full glass. <laughs> yeah, and you're <laughs> intentional. And your art is too so nice and clean. It's it's just it's. I get to do all that myself too. Do you Living. do the designs? Yeah. Do you want to really? Do I would love to. Really? I got free time. <laughs> like Photoshop? Mm -hmm. No shit. Yeah, I came from a uh, graphic design, web design, marketing background. So I do all of our. Graphiting. If, if our <laughs> illustrator is listening, you're great, Ben, but this is pretty cool. <laughs> I can help. I can always help. But yeah, yeah the other cool it. thing is I, I probably get to talk about is, um, you know, sours are a, a, a tough beer to brew, similar to pilsners and lagers for a brewery, because there's there's really two ways if you if you go down the sour route. There's either the, the bug way, meaning you actually infect the beer with some kind of bug that, you know, some kind of uh, bacteria that actually creates that sourness. Or I mean, you said this is a kettle this sour. Is kettle, yeah. Or you do a kettle sour beer, which is basically you you mash, you drain out, and then you pitch a bunch of that bacteria, let it sit overnight, let it sour down to a, some pH that you're looking for, and then you boil everything off. And I'm assuming that you probably are doing bugs just because, like me, you're very scared about infecting your entire brewery. <laughs> no, we're doing. We have a bunch of actual wild stuff yeah. too, but we we keep our clean barrels separate from our sour barrels mm -hmm. and then we have our our sour culture that we've been reusing since day one that actually is based from uh a lot of different lactobacillus uh like yogurt strains almost mm -hmm. uh from a kombucha scoby that we threw like peeled off like nice. a grand's biscuit into the kettle um we have that in a keg designated that always sits right next to the kettle warm happy and then we blow it off every now and then because it's alive yeah. all the time and then just pop it right back in but we do have a couple wine barrels that we've inoculated with this mixed culture 
So we're doing farmhouse stuff as well. That's but cool. it, again, those barrels sometimes move around the tasting room to make room for events and stuff, and they get a little close to to well, the how the brew easy house. It is it how easy is it to infect? Easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you start to sweat when you bring the bacteria into the brewery because, especially when you put it in oak, because oak breathes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think so, but those, so those three barrels that are stacked on their side have Brett in them. Okay. The three barrels that are next to them were, they weren't, they weren't sour. They sat next to them for a week. They breathe the same air. That's why they live together now. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're all So eat through two layers of wood. Yep. Yep. Wow. So it's very sure. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then when you bring that when you bring that bacteria in, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally, and then you just roll with it, you've got to bring a whole new set of all the soft materials, hoses, gaskets, everything, because every, cleaning the stainless isn't a problem. It's it very easy to do. Else. But yeah. all of the soft stuff. You got to start autoclaving everything. Yeah. yeah. All the soft stuff is very vulnerable. <laughs> keep the sours going. Yeah. You want? That's my request. Keep the sour going. All right. Cool. So. Um, so the beer that we're going to hear for a sec. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about the beers all over your mic and my they, jeans. They smell like beer already. I got it on mine too. That's true. They were made for this. So uh, going along the, uh, the sour train here. Um, so personal. Um, Ooh, admission. I like the color. Personal admission. I can't stand anything sour. Okay. Thank you. Um, I just like Ooh, I, I, as a human, I just don't have like the sour. I, don't, I hate Sour Patch Kids. I hate everything okay. like that. And so, when I was a home brewer, I never ever ever brewed sours ever. Nine years that I was doing it, never brewed a sour in my life. Um, and so I felt like when we went commercial, I needed to find somebody that had done sours before. And so Matt, who's one of our brewers, um, I hired him not only because he's a good brewer, but he brought one or two sours on his interview. It's like it's, I don't know if you guys experience this, but when you hire somebody, they always bring beer. It's like a thing. In the brewery world, people just bring beer all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm you don't inundated, have to hire them. inundated with beer right now. <laughs> and so, um, so one of the reasons that, you know, one of the main reasons why I brought, why we brought uh, Matt along for the ride was because he had this experience in brewing sours, and, and we knew that something we wanted to do sours, and not that we wanted to create a whole sour program, but have some sour options. And so he brought this recipe. Uh, we call it a sour IPA just because we put some fun hops into it. Um, uh, it is. It's a pretty standard base, uh, like Kevin was saying, from a from a grain bill perspective. And so, we you know, we mash in, we water it, we put it in a BK, and then boil kettle, and then we um, pitch um, PDO into it. God, I hope I'm not screwing that up. I think it's either PDO or lacto. I forget lacto. which one. Lacto. Black kettle. Yeah, yeah lacto. Sorry. Um, see, not a sour guy. And so, and then, and then um, the other thing that Matt brought to the brewery that we didn't have before is he brought this sort of scientific knowledge that you know he's in there with a pH reader where he's actually checking the pH as it drops overnight, and then the next day when he gets in there. So once it hits, I think I think it goes for like three four. Once it hits a pH of three four, then we start boiling off all the bugs, and we do a very short boil. It's like a ten minute boil, and then we hit the beer with a whole bunch of motueka. I think is what we use for this beer. Where it gets really cool is then, you know, once the beer goes into uh, the tank, it's fermented with Burlington. We use Burlington a lot. It's it's basically Conan. It's the stuff that isn't heady. So for those for all those that use White Labs, it's 095. Um, and then when it finishes fermenting down, we we dry hop it, but then we also dose it with puree. So for this one, we use Plum, also from Oregon, 
This one also got some uh, lemon peel. So we actually have this peeler that you literally stick a fruit onto <laughs> and it peels for you. I've seen that on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> Amazon. Um, and then it also has some grated ginger in it, into it as well. Mm -hmm. And so all those flavors sort of come together. It's nice, and, the lemon comes out. Yeah, <clears throat> and, it, and it creates this beer. This is our second iteration of it. The first one that we did was, um, oh crap, I'm already forgetting what the first one was. But it was also a, a fruit. And so to previous com comment around, if you have a series of beers, you know, what's, what's the major common thread that goes through across all of them? And what do you change? What's the one thing you change around? What we change around is sort of those those flavor blends in the tank, right? So we do a different puree uh, flavor. We might do, you know, lime instead of lemon. We might do something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, oh, and there's also um, I should have mentioned there's also lactose in this beer. So we do put lactose in the actual. I picked up the like the. You know, so there's a little bit of silkiness, yep. and then there's also um, vanilla in it, which then cuts some of that sourness. You know, the other really cool thing that you know I kind of like Chelsea and I, Chelsea, my wife and I, challenged Matt with was we didn't want a, a pucker your lips kind of sour. We wanted something that kind of drives to our inspired and approachable mantra. I mean, a lot of our beers sort of have that vision behind them. And so this was sort of our take on that kind of beer. Yeah, it's a much, it's a much subtler sour. Yeah. After, after the side piece, yeah. it's almost a, a different profile completely. Yeah. Right. The lactose helps. The lactose, yeah. 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 A lot. I feel like they were probably dropped down and, and sour to a, a similar pH, but then all of the the not tart fruit and the yeah, lactose in yours and the vanilla rounds it out absolutely. to like a a less like puckery sort of level. So you guys do um, Social Mosaic, right? That's your sour with lactose, yeah. which is by our, far my favorite beer. Our yours. New England style. Oh, I got one right here. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that, is, that is some case. <laughs> um, it's like bottomless. Yeah. There's a, there's a rabbit in here too. <laughs> <laughs> this is also, man, I got If you're interested, I've got that for later. Um, but I think that I, I really do, again, being, like if I take my brewer hat more, more like less brewer hat now, just because now I run the business. But I take off my like brewery owner hat and I put on my consumer hat. Being not a sour person, I really gravitate towards sours that have more rounded up flavors. When when I see brewers add lactose to it, when I see them add vanilla to it, um, I really like that. And I also think that um, you know you mentioned bread too. Bread's bread's awesome. I wish more people did bread. Yeah, <laughs> it's just scary. It is. I mean. To when people walk in for the first time, and we've all had this conversation on the podcast, but it it, it li gives them a starting off point that's not scary, yeah. you know. That it's more, you know. I, I don't like sours. Well, this is a little more mellow. Can I get so some give more? It a yes. Give it a try. Again. He brought thirty-two ounce growlers. Yeah. Oh, crowlers. So for all of you listeners who keep hearing me ask for seconds, it's because everyone else is dealing in sixteen ounces. <laughs> And this is really good. Might as well, don't waste it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what we do with the next one. I mean, we'll see what other... Yeah, or, to your point about... I guess it's like a podcast about Oregon now. So, <laughs> Oregon Fruit Products, <laughs> if you're listening to this... They did not pay us at all. Uh, we paid them a lot. Yeah. I'm going to call them for a sponsorship. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Sponsor you definitely Oregon should. Fruit Product. But, uh, the, I mean, they really make really good stuff. And not only is it, not only is it easy to order, not only is it good, the variety is, is fantastic. I mean, they really, yeah. like, we did a uh, we did a milkshake IPA with their strawberry fruit puree, which I was like, strawberry is such a hard flavor to get into beer. And it's awesome. So, so what, like, so when you're looking through their catalog, their website, mm -hmm. I, I dated myself by saying catalog. Um, when you're looking through their website, I mean, what's, 
what did you see that said, oh, maybe, you know, maybe a beer or two down the line, I'll get some of that? Yeah, so I think we're doing a, we have a gluten-free beer that we're doing with mango. Mango seems pretty, you know, straightforward. Uh, when the when I bought, we usually order them, so they come on, FedEx delivers for them for some Baby pallets. Right? So the baby pallets. Baby yeah. pallets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, They're cute. I've never ordered one. <laughs> yeah. We got two. We got two last time. We usually just try and fill the pallet. Well, I'll just order whatever I can to fill the pallet up. Must be nice, Pete. Well, well it's, funny what Pete, but it's funny that Pete mentions that because like, we, we, you, you pay the same amount per yeah, pallet, shipping right? shipping sucks. Yeah. And so and you're constantly too. playing this game of like, let me add this thing. Oh, shit, I'm over. Let me take that thing yeah. and add the thing that weighs 10 pounds yeah. less, you know? And so that's the same thing with Oregon. So Oregon, yeah. we usually order six 42-ounce boxes at a time, and then we're like, oh, we'll figure out what to do with them. Usually one or two are destined for a beer that's already determined, and then the other ones are sort of, uh, are sort of just, you know, Experimental, right? And so the plum was totally experimental. Like I brought, I bought the plum one because I was like, we could probably do something cool with plum. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. did a grapefruit one, we did strawberry. I think we had like a blood orange one before. So, yeah, we used, we actually used their plum uh, in a sour with um, peach puree as well. Um, Into it, it's gone now. Well, that's your yeah, first mistake. Stone fruit, <laughs> that it's not here stone right now. Fruit, peach Austin. Now, have you ever thrown a pe- <laughs> have you ever th- ever thrown a fruit in there and it just I'm gonna just say it because Kevin already blew it. It, it. it tastes like shit. Passion <laughs> fruit is tough. Yeah, it doesn't taste bad, but it's really really acidic. Okay. Um, it'll put a good bite on the beer. Um, we did we did a, a mango passion fruit, um, and it was it came out almost sour and it wasn't a sour beer it was just an IPA just because the, mm-hmm. the mango the passion fruit is so acidic yeah okay um <clears throat> fruit the few fruit they're, they're all good yeah you know well, I'm not saying the fruit I'm just it saying it just depends just on what you want to drive yeah. what you're trying to drive out of them um the berry ones are all super I'm not, cool I'm not yeah. jabbing my no no not, not at all <laughs> yeah. not at yeah, all that's true um we actually just did one it's still in the tanks with uh uh, boysenberry and raspberry. That's cool. Um, That's a lot of tart. It's okay. a sour too. Into it. <laughs> it works. There's got to be a foam to clean up. But boysenberry. Are, oh god, it's yeah. Like a crap ton. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, those jugs. No, right they were they were for Totes. the one that we. That <laughs> yeah. was for the jug of juice that we canned. Uh, right, I gotta get my hands on that one. We we had some cans in the back. I'll bring them out. For all you viewers who are not seeing this, <laughs> I'm giving Pete a thumbs up. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The other, the other cool thing about using puree is that there's, um, I mean, there's countless ways of using it. You know, obviously this one went into um, into secondary, so you get a lot more fruit. Oh, we yeah. did a we did a fruited pilsner once with guava, which we added the guava to the whirlpool, and mm-hmm. so the guava was much more subdued, but it was still present. And so, depending on sort of where you're using it in the brewing process, you're also getting different things out of it. You know. Okay. Like in that in that guava pilsner, it was re- literally what I wanted to go for. Like I didn't want to create a a a fruity pilsner. I wanted to create a fruited pilsner that is very sort of blended in with the mm-hmm. with the malt base of that beer. And uh, and so that's why we decided to use it in the whirlpool. Now if I put it in the you know in secondary, it would have been just a sweet a, yeah fruity. It would have been a guava you know induced pilsner. So but the same the same theories apply whether it's hops or Absolutely. fruit. When you add it, it's going to greatly affect what yeah, you're getting yeah, out of it. Absolutely. The we later. Always, we always add ours during after active fermentation, too, so it, it chews out all the sugars. Mm-hmm. In the, That's a in big fruit. It's important. Yeah, it's important if you're going to look at the package it. Right, especially if you package <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, quickly jumping back into this into this beer with all this stuff. Oh. Um, big fan. 
Uh, I do want to talk to Matt about what he used to sour this. If it's like a single strain of lacto or a or multiple strains. It was Omega. Okay. And I, I ha- we have it in the fridge. I could probably take they, it They're tomorrow. the ones that do the blended pitches? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Or you could probably buy a single strain we too, always, I would imagine. We always use uh, the Lalamon stuff. Yeah. Um, it's easy and it runs like a demon. And it's, yeah. it's got a really nice fruit character to it. Yeah. Efficiency was not... <clears throat> was like isn't a problem for us now right but back in the day when we were like uh, yeah, kind of stubborn that. about being like yeah you know what we got to use this kombucha scoby because a friend of mine owns a kombucha company and we have a lot of buckets it. of it yeah that we could throw in there and we wanted to make it we wanted to make it stick and uh it was it was slow down uh yeah. take a little bit of long take a little long time and also we were still learning how to brew the the kettle sour process which takes a lot longer than the rest of the typical brewing process because of the time that the bacteria is in there chewing up in the kettle. Mm-hmm. We were so. Why can't we drink the shot of whiskey you gave us? Yeah, this is yeah. This Sorry, yeah. Has a, this definitely <laughs> has liquor profile. Yeah. It has legs. Tell me too. everything. So this is this is uh, our four way stop. It's a Belgian quad we brewed and bottled a year ago. Um, we had some that we decided to leave over in rum barrels. Uh, and we we just kegged it out like a month ago, so it sat it sat in rum barrels for over a year. My nose tingles. Um, it it went in at twelve percent. I would hazard it's probably close to fourteen at this point. I mean it, it has legs in the glass, so yeah. Um, yes, it does. It uh, I don't know, it's just a cool little beer. It smells cool. Is this the one? Is this the one where you're like, yeah, yeah this is my I had second to give beer? You this one, right? It wasn't Natural. a whole lot of work. It was an easy beer to brew. His second beer to talk about, our sixth beer to drink, is <laughs> 14%. Yeah. It was a, I think. Rum barrel <laughs> Belgian quad. I think we did a. It's cool. I, I live we, close. We did a decoction on it. I'm pretty sure when we brewed it. That was so long ago. We ran the shit out Oh, sorry. We, were like, we ran the crap out of the yeast, though. Um, it, was a, it was a Belgian. It was Lalamont's Belgian Abbey, and we just we let it run. I think it hit like seventy five degrees. I mean, it, we ran it pretty hard. Um, it's ustery. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, the beer was good before, um, but it's just it's like whiskey now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice. It's rum because the first thing I smelled was actually whiskey. Well, you know the rum. So rum barrels are whiskey barrels first. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're the second sold user. To the, they're sold to the rum people, and they put rum in them. Okay. And then they sell them to us. So they sat with rum for 15 years in them wow. down in That's Honduras cool. or wherever. Uh, There's cool. some spice there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm getting um, a lot of, like, grape characteristics. Yeah, so. it's, and there, I get apple out of it. Yeah, that too. Um, but it's, it's all those weird fruit. oxidized, yeah. all those weird Obviously, oxidized flavors. There's a lot of alcohol just punching me in the face right now, but beneath <laughs> yeah. that blanket it's got a good of alcohol. Too, though, so. Well, yeah, the sugar. I was, <laughs> the sugar <laughs> the reason I brought Chuck. It's like that <laughs> apple <laughs> ice. Now I get it. This is uh, Populous 2018. Smoke hot dogs. Yeah, man. Yeah. Are we uh, are we live right now? We're going. Yeah. Okay, so Kevin from Dark City back again to talk about beer number two. Mm. This is the Populous Coffee Porter. We do this one every single year. Uh, it was one of the first beers we ever did because we exist and share a wall with a coffee roastery who's just amazing. And What's your name, Kevin? Uh, the Asbury Park Roastery. She's... She's a coffee wizard. Um, 
And if you if you like coffee and beer, come to us. If you like just coffee, definitely go to her. And she, then on the way back. And then swing by, swing by us. Yeah. Yeah. Our hours don't really mesh together that well on most days, but (laughs) that's fine. We're, we're in there anyway. So this is a coffee porter that we brewed and it was right out of the gate. Um, it's evolved slightly again, but this one is oak smoked wheat, lactose, and a special blend of coffee from, uh, from the roastery. It's got Java, Sumatra, um, there's some Ethiopia in there. Whole country? What? Whole country? Yeah, a lot of... A lot, you can really taste the Ethiopia. <laughs> so, but there's no other spices other than coffee. Mm-hmm. The smoke draws out a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's wheat. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool use of smoke wheat. Smoke wheat is such a funky malt that like, it's so hard to get into beer. It's my favorite of the smoked malts. Yeah. Mostly because peat smoke kind of gives me... Like a, it gives me a bad taste in my mouth. It's good, for, great for certain styles, but it doesn't work well in a lot of uh, applications. Cherry wood and apple wood taste a little bit too much like liquid smoke, depending yeah. if you add them in over a certain threshold. Um, but oak smoke, one, you, it's wheat, so you get a subtle mouthfeel add. And two, the, the oak can kind of be pushed into like, oh, this is from a barrel. You can create the barrel oh. vibe without mm-hmm. having to put it in a barrel. We've never barrel aged this. And then the coffee that we put in it brings like fruity, roasty, earthy oh, notes nice. to it. Yeah. When do you guys add the coffee? That's the goods, brother. We add the coffee uh, Wait, wait, hang on before you do that. Right oh, on top yeah, of let's that. Not, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, you take that. that. <laughs> I had it. I had it under control. <laughs> not right over those the recorder. Those listening, we almost poured, <laughs> we almost poured beer right on top of the recorder. The podcast was almost over. And we almost to... lost all those great sour yeah. beer tips. <laughs> I tried to help. <laughs> Thank you. Is there any more now? Yeah. yeah. What so, you, what, oh, sorry. Into the coffee. Uh, we add the coffee. Um... Being being right next door to a coffee roastery, we are kind of spoiled in the fact that I can just shoot her a text and I obviously let her know in advance, but I'll shoot her a text and be like, hey, we're ready for the beans now. And they come off the roaster hot into a bag and they walk. It's 50 steps from her roaster to our bright tank where the beans get added in. So they're still hot. Yeah. And we throw them in a sanitized uh, nylon like mesh bag, crack them a little bit on the side of the tank, dip it again in the sanitizer, throw it in, purge all of the oxygen out of there, and then run the cold wort into the bright tank. We actually package it with the with the beans in there. Oh, neat! That's because cool. that way you're not you're not adding cold brew into like non non boiled or non pasteurized water sure. into the beer because then that introduces oxygen that takes away from your shelf life. You're not putting it in on the hot side and introducing bitterness that may not be welcomed. You're making cold brew coffee, but instead of using cold water, you're using cold beer. So you get it really heavy on the nose Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of bitterness. You just, really the coffee is the only thing speaking to you. And then you get the little bit of the smoke malt that we threw in there so that you remember it's a beer at the end of the day, not just a cup of cold brew that we carbonated. That's no, nice. I like it. What I like made it. you guys decide to do a porter with coffee? We did the same thing. We did a porter with coffee. Just It made sense to us. But I could never figure out why we did it. I I wanted to do a, 
a smoked porter specifically. I wanted to do a porter because just as we were talking about earlier, how you say the word stout and everyone's like Guinness. You say the word Belgian or wheat and everyone goes blue moon route. Porter is uh, the path less traveled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have those connotations. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have something. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of porters out there, uh, but not a lot of people have like a go-to when you say the word porter. Yeah. So it's dark, it pours dark, it's got coffee in it, so it could be like a coffee stout, but we make it a little bit differently. Thank you, gentlemen. You can visit Jug Handle in Tinton Falls, Dark City in Asbury Park, and Bradley Brew Project in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Over Beers has joined the Hopped Up Network of beer podcasts. Check out hoppedupnetwork.com to find beer podcasts from all over the country. As always, check out the blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You can also leave a comment on the blog or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. Email address is cheers at santefoto.com. We've got an Instagram account, at overbeerspod. I'm Freddie Clark, and I'm going to go have a beer, but I'll be back real soon with more conversations over beers. Thank you. The show you just listened to is part of the Hopped Up Network. The Hopped Up Network is a growing family of craft beer podcasts in the United States and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts.